0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word.
1: Well, as we come together on this Memorial Day weekend, it's a good chance for us to stop and reflect about what we're celebrating in the first place. And it's not just a day off on Monday. Uh, It's the fact that a lot of people uh, literally gave their lives so that we could have the freedoms that we have in this country. Sometimes we take that for granted and we don't really reflect enough and realize just how much we owe uh, to the people that have given their lives for this country. And uh, so what I want to do at this time, if you are here today and there is someone in your life, a family member, a loved one, a good friend uh, who has passed away in the service of our country... Uh, if you would just stand and be recognized at this time uh, in their honor and in their memory. Uh, So if you had someone that gave their life in service to the country, if you would just stand and be recognized uh, at this time. If you'll remain standing, we're going to have a special prayer for you and for your loved one. Dear Father, thank you that we live in a country with a lot of freedoms and a lot of possibility. Help us to never take that for granted, but to realize that there have been so many people, thousands, that have literally given their lives so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we share here today. And as we look around the room this morning and we see those who are standing, uh, we realize that for some, uh, it came at even a higher cost. It came at family members and friends and people that they truly love that have given their lives so that they can live freely in this country. And so, Father, we we honor them this morning. We thank you for their service and their sacrifice. And Father, we just pray that for all of those who gave their lives, who have made our country what it truly is today. And our prayer, Father, is that we would use our freedoms to glorify you and to be a light to this world. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you all very much. We'll take your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, uh, I like sports. And uh, one of the things I've seen is that when an athlete retires, uh, they, don't like, they don't look the same a few years later as they did when they were playing sports. And I've got a few examples here. Here's Charles Barkley. Uh, he's 54 years old, uh, been retired 17 years, not quite the same physical specimen he was before. A lot of people think Diego Maradondo uh, was the greatest soccer player of all time. And uh, this is a picture of him. He's 57, been retired 20 years. And then Mike Tyson was once the most feared fighter in the entire world. He's 49 years old, been retired 12 years. And I know you look at that picture of Mike Tyson, and then you look up here at me, and what you think is this? (laughs) Chip, you're still in the fighting shape. You're not retired yet. I can just tell that looking up there at you. And the reason is, you're right, I'm not retired yet because I'm going to be like 105 when I pay my house off. So I've got to keep working for for a long time. You know, it's just kind of the way that it is. But we see pictures like this and we think, wow, what happened to them? It's not supposed to be this way. And that's the first thing we see when we look into our scripture passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 down to verse 35. Now, the background's real important. The background was actually our Easter sermon, where Paul said, look, if there isn't a resurrection, then nothing we believe matters. Uh, it doesn't, you know, our, our faith, our, our, our good morals, our, uh, the, the things that we try to do, none of it matters if there isn't a resurrection of the dead. But then he says, there is a resurrection of the dead. And as he starts in verse 35, he deals with some of the questions people are asking about the resurrection in his time. And we still ask all kinds of questions today about death and life and, and resurrection what it may be. We, we ask questions like, uh, when I get to heaven, will I know and recognize my loved ones? And my answer to that is always, of course you will. God doesn't make you blind and stupid when you go to heaven. Uh, you'll recognize and know them uh, when you get there. We ask questions like, well, do I go straight to heaven? Is there, is there an intermediate period? Uh, uh, am I going to have wings like angels? No. Uh, all, all kinds of stuff. We ask all kinds of questions. Well, in verse 35, Paul talks about two of the questions that they were asking in his day and age. But someone may ask, he says in verse 30, uh, 35, how are the dead raised and with what kind of body will they come with? Now, why do we ask questions like today or the questions back then? What's my body going to be like? Will I be the, the old me, the, the young me, the middle me, the best me? What am I going to look like? Those were some of the questions that were asking in Paul's day. But we ask that question because for all of us, there's this feeling inside of us that this isn't the way it's supposed to be, that life is supposed to be something different. Uh, Has anybody here ever looked in the mirror before and thought, who is that person looking back at me? It's not me. You know, I, I don't know what happened there, but that's not me when I look into the mirror. We feel exactly like we did when we were 20. We just don't look like we did when we were 20 or something like that. We wonder what's happened in all of this. It's not the way that it's supposed to be. In verse 36, Paul says, how foolish what you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. You know, in Ecclesiastes 3.11 Uh, Solomon wrote that God has made everything beautiful in its time and he has set eternity in our hearts. I think that's a really interesting phrase. He said eternity in our hearts. And I think what it means is we know intrinsically, we know inside of ourselves that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. That we weren't supposed to get old and our bodies decay and fall apart and, and there wasn't supposed to be death. And if you've ever looked at that and cried at the funeral of a loved one and heard over that and felt that grief, you know the feeling this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And the reason you feel that way and the reason those feelings are so strong inside of us and we fight growing old so much is because we really know inside of us it wasn't supposed to be this way. And yet we don't live in a perfect world. This is a fallen world. This isn't the Garden of Eden. And we live in a world that has all kinds of natural issues with hurricanes and tornadoes and, or as we say in Kentucky, tornadoes and, and, and all kinds of problems like that. Our physical bodies get old and decay and waste away. And we look at those things and we say, here we are, a fallen people living on a fallen planet, but inside of us, we know it wasn't supposed to be that way. And so we do all kinds of things to try to get around it. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the fastest growing things today is cryogenics, uh, freezing of the body. So when you die, they freeze you uh, so that, that at some point if they cure your disease or, or something they can bring you back to life, it costs about $200,000. Here's a cryogenic lab right there. About 2,500 people uh, right now have paid 200,000 to be uh, frozen uh, in this way and hopefully be brought back to life Because we don't believe that this is the way it's supposed to be. Anybody know who the most famous person was ever frozen? Walt Disney actually was buried. That's a misconception. Uh, He talked about it, but he didn't actually do it. Uh, A lot of people think Ted Williams. But actually the most famous person ever frozen was was Austin Powers. Uh, He he was the most famous person that ever actually uh, went through cryogenics. But in verse 36, Paul says, how foolish foolish. What you sow doesn't come to life unless it dies. And that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture. We feel inside of ourselves it wasn't supposed to be this way, but the good news is there's a big change coming. There's a big change coming. Now, here's the thing. I was very reluctant to use this illustration because last week I discovered that I didn't know the difference between a bull or a cow. And uh, when when I gave the illustration... Uh, about Cincinnati Freedom, that cow that had escaped, Uh, John Colliver and Steve Thompson got me right after church, and they let me know that there is a difference between a bull and a cow, and I didn't know what it was. They were supposed to be bringing pictures to explain it to me, but at this point, I haven't got it yet. So so I'm obviously not real good with agriculture, okay, uh, or farming. I grew up in the suburbs, so I don't know anything about the city or the country, you know, uh, as it goes. So I was reluctant to use this illustration, but here's a farming illustration nonetheless, all right? So Paul says, when you sow, you do not plant the seed that will be, verse 37 but a seed perhaps of wheat or of something else. So what he's saying is this, okay, you plant a seed into the ground, but when you plant it into the ground, you're not hoping to get a bigger seed back or, or, or another seed. You're hoping to get something so much greater than what you planted. Now, you think I know nothing about farming? In the first service, I really knew nothing about technology because I was trying to hold this up for people to see, and I was going like this, and they kept saying, The camera's behind you, Chip. It's not. And so I finally had to, had to do that. So, anyway, you can't really see in here much, but there is about 200 uh, little flower seeds here. I've got about 50 on my finger right now. Unbelievable that there are that many just on that little finger. Right now, Now, you plant one of those little seeds in the ground, and this is what you get back from it. What you planted in the ground wasn't what you were hoping to get back. It's something so much more glorious and so much better than we could have ever imagined. So, yes, we look at this world and we think this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And then what Paul is trying to teach us is, but there's a big change coming. You see, we think of death as the ultimate failure. A loved one has died and passed away. I'm dying. And when I die, uh, I won't, you know, it'll all be over with and all my hope will be gone or whatever. And what Paul is trying to teach us is no, you will never be everything you were supposed to be in this world. You will always feel like you're missing someone else. No matter how hard you exercise, how well you eat, uh, your body is going to get old. It's going to decay. No matter how well you take care of yourself, you're eventually going to die. Now, maybe you can put it off a few years longer than other people or something like that, but everybody in this room is going to die. But Paul says that's not the end of the matter. There is something so much greater in store for us, so much better than we could ever have imagined. And it's the difference between that little bitty seed that we plant dies in the ground, basically, he says, and then grows into something so much more glorious than we could have ever thought or ever imagined. And so with that as the backdrop, he then goes on and he talks and compares and contrasts four things that have to do with our earthly bodies that we have here as compared to our uh, eternal bodies that we're going to inherit one day. So let's look at those and see what he has to say down in verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. Now what he means by that is just as you plant a seed in the ground, that seed grows into a beautiful flower, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It will be raised imperishable. Now, we all know the body we have now is perishable. Anybody here wake up with any ache and pain this morning? Somebody told me after the first service, they said, if I don't wake up and I'm not hurting somewhere, I think I'm dead. You know, know, we know our bodies are perishable. We know they waste away no matter what we do. We know that things come and change inside of us. The body that we have is perishable. It falls apart. It's not meant to last forever and it doesn't last forever. But the body that we're going to inherit isn't perishable. We're told it's imperishable. It doesn't doesn't fade away. It doesn't get old. It doesn't decay. It doesn't die. And so we go from the perishable to the imperishable. There's almost nothing that we have in this world today that we can think of as imperishable and never fades away. One thing people often say is Twinkies. You ever heard Twinkie could last a nuclear holocaust and you could, you know, it'll, it'll go on forever? That's not true. You know how many days a shelf, life, a shelf life of a Twinkie is? 25 days is a shelf life of a Twinkie. Here's a Twinkie that's a month old. All right. You're not going to want to eat that Twinkie. You know, I'm here to tell you. There's a professor uh, that's had a Twinkie on his desk for 37 years, and it has petrified uh, when it is there. So Twinkies are not imperishable. They do not last forever. Not only do Twinkies not last forever, both of our screens don't last forever. You know, they are perishable. Now the real reason this is going on this side of the room, you all haven't been singing well enough. So we've just turned your screen off. Okay. When you pick it up, screen goes back on, you know, that's just kind of how it is. And so, no, hopefully we'll have that fixed by next week. So, uh, you know, one is perishable, the other is imperishable. It goes on and it says, not only that, one is sown in dishonor and it's raised in glory. Now, what's it mean it's sown in dishonor? That can mean a lot of different things. But as I was thinking about it, I I was thinking more of the fact that we are never going to be the person we want to be. We always mess up. We always fail. We never quite get it right. We're always feeling guilty. We have this thing that has corrupted us called sin. And yes, God has forgiven us. And yes, his spirit is inside of us and strengthens us. And we're getting better along the way. But you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to get it right every time. If you got up and said, from this day on, I'm never going to mess up. I'm never going to think anything wrong or do anything wrong. You couldn't do it. Because you have a body that was sown in dishonor. Uh, it, it, it's not the body that God intended for you to have in the garden of Eden. It's a part of the curse of sin, uh, that you have inside of you here. So our bodies are sown in dishonor, but they're going to be raised in glory. That, that all of those things, all of those weaknesses and sins and things that hold us back and the guilt that overcomes us, all of that is going to be gone in our glorious body. He goes on in the third one. and He says it's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. And we know how weak we are at times. Uh, How many times have you stayed up all night worried about something? What are the things that you're afraid of? Uh, How many times have you just felt guilty all day and all night over something that happened? You know that sometimes uh, uh, illnesses and diseases come and rack our bodies. We know our bodies are weak. And we see that and we think, man, what can I ever do to overcome the weakness that is in our bodies? As a matter of fact, the weakness that you have is one of the things that lead a lot of people to God. Uh, we look at ourselves and we say, I can't do it on my own. I can't ever be the person God wants me to be. And I, I know I'm weak and I have to have God to love me and forgive me and take me where I'm supposed to be. And then finally, he says, we're sown a natural body, but we're raised as spiritual Body. So we are, we are of this earth. We are natural. The bodies that we have get, get old and die. We put them into the ground and they decay and go back into the dirt uh, from which they came. It was a natural body. But the other body that we will inherit, the spiritual body, is one that isn't going to grow old, isn't going to decay, and it's going to last forever. So what a difference. Again, the difference between a seed and a flower. And he goes through it and he says, hey, look, it's just like this illustration here. One is sown perishable. It is raised imperishable. The other is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. The other is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is so natural. It is raised spiritual. And so he says, what a difference. But you can never have the seed become the flower if you don't first plant it into the ground. And that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture passage. This change that's going to come gives us the ultimate victory. It gives us the ultimate victory. Look down to verse 54. Verse 54. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up into victory. Where o oh, death is your victory? Where o oh, grave is your sting? The sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we look at death and what we say is, "Oh my goodness, this terrible thing has happened. My loved one is gone and I've been separated from them." Or we look at our own mortality and we say, man, you know, I'm getting older. I feel my body decaying. That time's coming. I'm doing everything I can to push it off. And Paul says, but you're missing the whole point. You will never be the you you were supposed to be until the day you die. Death is not the end of anything. It is the beginning of you becoming the glorious you God intended for you to be in the Garden of Eden. In Revelation 22, do you know where we're back at in Revelation 22, the last book of the Bible? You're back in the Garden of Eden where you were supposed to be in in Genesis 1 and 2 when we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. You're back where God wanted you to be all along. You become the you God wanted you to be. But a seed doesn't grow into a flower until you take the seed, put it in the ground, and throw dirt on top of it. And when you do that, it becomes so much more glorious. And he's saying, that's what happens to us. Think about it in that way. When you are planted into the ground, it is so something so much more glorious becomes. All of your hurts, all of your pains, all of your aches are gone. You know, and there's no more crying, no more mourning, no more pain. It's all passed away, Revelation 21 says. And so now you finally become fully you. The you God wanted you to be from the very beginning, but a, a sinful fallen world and a sinful body has kept you from that. And so instead of death being the end of anything, it becomes the beginning of all things. And if that's true, then Paul says, if that's true, then death, where is your sting? grave, where is your victory? It doesn't exist. Our victory comes through Jesus Christ, the Lord, who made something glorious from our death and made us finally who we were supposed to be. How many times have you looked in that mirror and said, who's that person? How many times have you said, man, I've tried so hard to get my body in shape. You know, I've dieted for a month and I lost two pounds and I ate one piece of cake at the birthday party and gained three. You know, it's just not fair. It's not the way it's supposed to be. But God put that feeling inside of you because eternity is in your heart and there's something so much greater ahead. But it doesn't happen unless the seed is planted. But when the seed is planted, oh, what God does with it. And so he gives us the ultimate victory. And that brings us to the last thing. That we see, therefore we know our life and our faith is not in vain. Look down to verse fifty-eight. Verse fifty-eight, the First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Therefore, my beloved brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know your labor in the Lord has not been in vain. Stand firm and let nothing move you. Don't even let death move you. Because death has become the beginning of glory, not the end of this world. If you invest everything you have and all of your emotion in this world, then you're going to be sorely disappointed because this world is going to have hurt and pain and you will grow old and decay and die. And if in this world only you have hope, Paul says earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, you are of all people most to be pitied but our hope is not in this world. Our hope is of a different world and of a different glory that God is going to bring about us. Therefore, let nothing move you. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because what you're doing isn't in vain. You're going to gain so much more than what you're giving in this world here today. You know, we had two tragic incidents this week in Manchester, England, and in in, Egypt. Egypt. And in Manchester, there was an interesting story. A man by the name of Stephen Jones, a homeless man, was outside of the uh, uh, Manchester Center where the concert was. And at first, he thought there were just fireworks going on after the concert. And then he saw the smoke and the people running out. This homeless man went in and started seeing what he could do. And and, uh, he was pulling nails out of little girls. He was holding people in his arms. Uh, And when the... When the uh, EMS would arrive, he would pass somebody off to them. He'd go to another person. He'd give them water. He, one girl, he was just holding and crying with her. And there's a guy by the name of David Williams Jr. who was there helping out. And he said, man, that guy's doing more than anything. And so he tried to find out who is this guy? What's he doing? And he finally found out, oh, he's just a homeless guy that was outside the, the arena that, that night. And so a TV crew came and found him and interviewed him. And, and this is what he said. He said, why wouldn't I have done that? I'm down on my luck and I'm homeless, but I'm still a human being. And won't human beings love and care for each other? That's all I was doing. And because of that, David Williams, the man that had seen him, gave him an apartment and said, I'm going to pay for your apartment for the next year. So he's no longer homeless. Then uh, somebody gave him a job uh, and he got a job. And then they started this fund for him and 18,690 pounds have been raised. So this man went into that building, a homeless man with nothing but a heart that cared. And he came out with a home and a job and nearly 20,000 pounds. You see, we go into this life and we go into it with just a body that decays and grows old and isn't the way that it's supposed to be but something comes from it so much more glorious than we could ever imagine. Death isn't the end, my friends. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of you and your loved one finally becoming everything God intended for them to be on the day they were created. And it is so much more glorious than we could ever imagine. What's that have a prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for the love you've given us, for the hope you've given us, for the glory that is going to be ours, for the glory that our loved ones have at this very moment. Father, we do grieve our loved ones, but what we grieve is us missing them because, Father, we know at this moment they are more themselves and more glorious than they've ever been and we've ever known them. And one day in heaven, when we greet them, we're going to rejoice just as they are rejoicing now. Father, give us courage. Help us to be unmovable, to always abound in your work. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9:30 a.m. or 11 a.m.,